From the mind of a Chicago media vet comes a longtime podcast in the making. Why? What have you heard? She's been heard, seen, and she's never been one to hold anything back. This is still America, and we can still have our opinions. The Jill Urchak Show, the podcast. And you may have heard me if you were stuck in traffic. Unfiltered, uncensored, and where nothing is off topic. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. It's not a big deal. And now, from the south side of Chicago, your host, Jill Urchak. You are listening to the Jill Urchak Show. It feels very funny to say that. I am your host, Jill Urchak. And you may have heard me if you were stuck in traffic, either swearing at me, loving me, cursing me. I'm going with that one. But I've been doing Chicago radio for a long time. And there's a lot more to me than talking about the Edens. No offense against the Edens. So I'm pretty excited to have the Jill Check show because there's a lot to me. I do a paranormal podcast and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But I wanted my first guest to be somebody that totally kicks ass. I know you know him. Mark Rohde, Chicago sports reporter for 670 The Score. <clears throat> Plug since I was on that one. Former Cubs pre and post game radio host. And Mark, you have an actual World Series ring that I want you to tell me about. And currently, the Chicago Bears radio sideline reporter, Mark Rohde. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jilly Poo. <laughs> it is so good to hear you. And it's about damn time <laughs> there was something on the radio or something in broadcast form called the Jill Urchak Show. This has been a long time coming, girl. Well, you know what? I hope so. I've been wanting to do my own show forever. Everyone, Everyone's doing a podcast. People that are... You know, 98 are somehow getting them done, and God bless them for it. But, I mean, I got things to talk about, Mark, and you are an entertaining guy. We have quite a history together, Mark, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> now, not, yes. not only are you very famous and well-known in the sports world, you also happen to be BFFs with my hubby, Dan. But it's so funny how we got there. Can we talk about that? I would love to talk about that. I don't know where you want to start that we work together or that we, you know, how do you want to go about this, Joe? What would you like to know? Okay, so we met at Shadow Traffic at the time, and you were doing sports and I was doing traffic. Yes, we agree on yes. that. So far, yes, counselor. So that far, <laughs> you're on you're on trial. And we got along very well. I don't, I was, <laughs> how could I put this? Okay, I think I asked, I asked you out and I'm not really sure. I just wanted to hang out. Like, you know, when you work, anybody who knows, like in any business, like doctors and nurses, they get together because they have weird hours, right? Yeah, so people right. in radio are not normal. We know this, um, hence Mark and I. So, you, you know, you you just convene and you meet and you go about your yeah. business. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, let's hang out. And you said, okay. And I remember you wore a powder blue sweater. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, there was nothing wrong with it. I just remember that. I remember the sweater too. And yeah. <laughs> Yours or mine. Okay. It's okay that you said, hey, let's hang out because I'm a fun guy. And let's face it, I'm adorable. You so, are adorable. Yeah. So I think it, and, and I too was like, hell yeah, I want to go hang out with Jill Urchek. Um, but wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to ask you a question now yes. before we carry on with the evening. I feel like we're on that old show. <laughs> oh, yeah, Remember? yeah. I'll be back two, two and two. two. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. Like we're talking about that. We're relitigating. Mm -hmm. It was a date, yes. I mean, you said hang out. It was a date, yeah? Yeah. I, okay, sure. I don't I know. I like, try to get that, like, I want to nail that down here for posterity. Like, it, it was a date. It was. Oh. 
Okay. That's, you know, I was really just, yes, it was. Sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. It was a date. We, so, uh, <laughs> well, it was when I asked you. Right, right, right. No, but. No, I took it that way. I okay. Took it that way. Okay. I don't think I hesitated. So. No, you didn't. You you were very gracious and you're like, yeah, that sounds like fun, you know? So, okay. I think I got off at 11 or midnight at the time, but there was a place called Governor's. Isn't that where we went? Um, no, yeah, was, well, no, we didn't was, go to governor's. It was, it was like an Irish restaurant bar. Okay. Wasn't it like it, it might've been, it might've been called governor. I know it was like downtown somewhere near Clark in the lake where we okay. were. We'll call it. Oh, governor's. Yeah. Let's just if it was it. Irish. <laughs> okay. Hello, governor. <laughs> Hello, governor. <laughs> I tip my hat to you, sir. So anyway, so Mark and I got along and we'll, you actually worked in, Bloomington and heard me on the air when I was on 101.5 WBNQ. And you knew, for those that don't know, so you're going to get to know a lot about me. I was married before. Uh, my husband, ex-husband, had since passed, God rest his soul, uh, interviewed you. Didn't he? Yes. Yes. He was, yeah, WBNQ. Mm-hmm. You and he, Red Muldoon, did mm-hmm. the morning show in Bloomington Normal. Yes. And yeah, I was, I can't even remember where I was in life at that point. I think I was doing so, some job full time, but I was like, you know what? I'd love to, to uh, spin some music on It's a Top 40 radio station. And yeah, Red, Red Muldoon, he interviews very cool dude. He was like, oh, yeah, man, I want to get your chops on you. <laughs> I could hear him saying um, that. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he said. Those were exactly where, chops. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. man, I'd love to get your chops on the air. Uh, and he never did get my chops on the air. It wasn't like devastating or anything like that. But the point is, is yeah, yeah, no, I I knew of of Red and you, and you guys had a great morning show in Bloomington Normal on WBNQ. Thank you. And it was so that's what got the conversation going. I thought you were cool, and I'm like, let's do this. So we go. We meet. I you met me at work anyway we go to the place and i assume we're eating and then what happened <laughs> because <laughs> i honestly i honestly remember w- w- did the bill come i i honestly don't remember i don't know if i was so traumatized i blocked it out i just remember yeah, it turned it's, really it's ugly crazy. i don't remember mark i, know, I don't remember i'm glad you don't remember because <laughs> I, I, I don't remember all the minutiae and all the details either but for people listening it went horribly wrong. Jill and I got into some conflict or some argument about something mm-hmm. to where we were not agreeing on a second date. And there were reasons why. And I can't remember exactly what they were, but we got into it to the point where it was like we're sitting there at this restaurant and fighting. And it's getting <laughs> like ugly. Like, not like other people watching us ugly right. or server wondering if they should bring security in. Or right. Like they that. should have, by the way. But to the point where it became an untenable situation between the two of us. I, and it's funny that you don't remember. I don't remember. I want to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm just nuts because I went on so many bizarre dates. No offense. Uh, was it about when the bill came? Would that have been it? No, I don't think so because I, I – can't imagine like are you are you saying like uh i wasn't gonna pay for it no i'm trying to think of what could have possibly happened where you and i were just hanging out and i all i remember was sitting there and i had that lump in my throat i assume guys get this too when you're about to cry and i'm trying to be all brave and i was like in my head i'm like i thought this was a 
date and I, I don't think you did or something. It was yeah, very okay. embarrassing. Here's what I remember. Okay, I, I think talk I remember to me. Now. Okay. Do we need counseling? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, here, here's <laughs> what it was. Here's what it was. I think, um, I think I did take it as a date, but I think I decided that it was not, there was no future because, and I'm not going to name names, but you had dated somebody else. Yes. In the, let's just say somebody mm-hmm. else. Yeah, in the I won't building. say the name. Yes. And, you know, there's like a guy code that you can't, like, I, I knew this person. It's not like we were best friends or anything like that, but I knew this person, so I felt like, okay, I'm not going to start dating Joe after this person's that that's what I think it was like because right there's a guy code isn't there like sure I I can't I mean like I said I can't I just can't I can't have it I can't have it oh my god I forgot about that Mark thank you that's what it was so that that and I don't maybe this is the first time I've revealed that to you but I just I just felt like I'd be in violation of sure. man code. That was it. If I was to have said, yeah, as delightful as you are and as pretty of a woman as you are, and a lot of guys would think I was crazy for saying no, I was like, I can't violate man code here. So that really wasn't an excuse. Now that you really felt that way? Yeah. Because see, I, you know what? That's funny how I blocked that out. And yes, no, anybody listening, I don't date everybody in my office. It just happened to be. <laughs> um, you know, the last three men you date, are you calling me a skank? No, but I forgot. Isn't It's been years. Okay, so it was such a bad date that I think I was hurt and I was pissed. Like, what do you, you are, mean? I was yeah. pissed and I'm sorry. I should apologize now. Yeah, no, no, it's it's all good. Um, I'm glad. Wow, this is really bringing stuff back. The relitigation was necessary. I didn't even <laughs> relitigation. We yeah. are in trial. You remember when we were outside the restaurant, and I do think you were crying. I was, and I think we had to both go. Set, like I don't remember. Did I drive? And oh then- hell no! I was in the cab. He, th- this driver heard all about it. <laughs> Mark, he. He, you know Mark Crody, the sports guy, WBBM. He's an he asshole. heard. No, I didn't say your name. I was like, and then, and then, you know, girls don't cry pretty, and you know, <laughs> and I was, and, he, and I thought it was a date, and this is the worst day of my life, and it was just really, it, it got bad, it got ugly fast, and it shouldn't have. That was really silly of me, but I think I must have been pretty fresh off that relationship. It was it was so bad that I was just I remember this cab driver was like I'm so sorry <laughs> he just kept looking at me like please don't please don't knife me looking at me in the rearview mirror <laughs> please don't kill me and I was like and then and then and then he's like well I wouldn't have done that to you he, I don't know where he thought he was going with that but I'm like just take me to my car uh-huh. oh Mark that was so funny what makes it funny was when we had to work together again yep the past relationship which we will not speak of which was done and over. I thought, oh, great. Um, I've alienated two people. And I, I'm very easy, I think, normally to get along with. You came up to me and you said, I, I don't want any of this. I, I'm sorry. And I said, I was sorry, too. And I was so grateful that you did that because I thought, oh, God, how uncomfortable. I remember that. That part I do remember vividly. Mm-hmm. So I remember coming into work and the way it is in there, it's like a big open newsroom, basically, where the traffic people and the sports people, weather people, news people are all mm-hmm. kind of in the same room together, except for when we're doing our individual hits. And I'm like, yeah, there's, there's a, this is not, again, I'm really enjoying the word tenable tonight. Um, it would not have been a tenable situation mm-hmm. for us. And I remember 
us kind of ignoring each other and maybe giving each other some dirty looks. And then I was like, you know what? Screw this. <laughs> Even if looks. I got to say I was wrong, I don't want this to be like this. I like Jill. And I, I was actually, I remember coming up to you and talking. I was just so relieved that you were down with it. That you I was more like, than down with it. Yeah. You were like, you're right. You're right. Yep. Done. I mean, it was one date. It wasn't like we dated for years and this was like some awful breakup that was going to make people take sides in the mm-hmm. office or anything like that. It was one um, not so glorious date. No, we never even made out from it. What the hell, no. Mark? <laughs> no, nope. it was, <laughs> but you know, there's still, there's still time. There's you know, still Dan hope. And I are still, you know, Dan and I are so close that I'm sure he would allow for it. Well, you know. We got to do what we got to do. But um, no, it's great that you're best for that. Like, I consider you a good friend. You're awesome on the air. Dan and you are truly two peas in a little pod there. And it's yeah, it's a are. really good dynamic. And and it's not like he gets jealous about it. What's there to get jealous about? I was in the cab crying. But it's nice that we have that humor, that we can go about it. And thank you for jogging my old memory, because I seriously could not remember what it was. Yeah, and yeah, that was it. And I remember you kind of like, I don't even know if, I, I don't even know, you were mad at me or your anger was directed at me, but I think you were more pissed off at the situation. Yes. Like, like you're, I remember you saying it's not fair. Like that's yes. not fair. Kind of like you can't, like just because I had this bad relationship doesn't mean, mm-hmm. you know, it should affect everything else. Like it's kind of like, screw this, that's not fair. I'm getting in a cab and going home, goodbye. Yeah, it was just an unfortunate thing, but you and, <laughs> but, uh, Good, good times, man. I miss those days. And and, yeah. and for those, you know, Mark, next time you're on the air, people are going to think of you as Polar Bear. I have to say how you got that name quickly. You, since you were in a separate studio doing your sports, I never saw you except when you came out to eat. And and I would be like, oh, Mark's working tonight. You'd say, I'm like a polar bear. I only come out during feeding times. And that name has never left you. So you are officially Polar Bear Grody. Right. And the beautiful thing is the the nickname is only from you to me. Like nobody else calls me Polar nope. Bear. That was your special nickname for me and me only. So while the date did not work, we you do have a pet name for me. And so does my son because he was learning about Arctic animals, my six-year-old today in school. And he's like, is this a polar bear like your friend? And it's so cute because... No, he calls you polar bear, so it's in the family. Oh, that's awesome! I, I didn't. Re- it's, it's funny what kids retain and remember. Yeah, that he retains. But me saying, you know, don't sh- like we went to really quickly to a thrift store today because I get him all these dinosaurs. Right, we go, I sanitize them when I come home, and we play. He held on to the brontosaurus. I look in the back seat, and he's chewing on his tail. I'm like, no! <laughs> Not only was this. A thrift where somebody had previously owned it, but God only knows how many kids were touching it. And I'm like, you're six. Why are you oh. chewing on things now? Mark, I was having palpitations. I am I was like, of all things to chew on, it couldn't be like a box that was at Target. And he's chewing on the tail. Oh, oh God. So, get, get him tested right away. Oh, my back. God. I was really, and, and I felt bad because I was, I, was, I was yelling at him. I'm like, you don't listen to me. I just <laughs> don't want him to get sick. So. Yeah, I don't blame you. Not not in these days. No, 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 no. No, Mark, something we don't have in common <clears throat> would be baseball. That is correct. You are south side. I am north side. And see, we can talk about it. We can laugh. I think it's you're entitled to your opinion. I'm entitled to mine. It's not a big deal. So I ask you this. Why do so many people, I have a theory, get so angry when you're one or the other? 
You do you have an opinion on it? Because I do, and I want to see if we're in the same realm here. Like, why why do fan bases? Why do the two fan bases dislike each other? Yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's part of it. Um, because I think it's kind of um, it's just a territorial yes. thing. You yes, know what I mean, like you're you're raised that way, and it's more boy. This is this is getting way too deep for sports, but in a lot of cases, it's more than just a game Mm -hmm. it's a way of life Mm -hmm. like this is what life is centered around our fandom our civic pride for that little portion or large portion of the city as the case may be so it is just it's conflicting forces and they are two very large forces major league baseball clubs the cubs and the white Sox, and um there is a there is a divide there is a geographical divide mm-hmm. um that that comes with it there is a broadcast divide that has come with it because one team the cubs was basically born on a superstation and collected a national audience because of that it wasn't wrigley field initially it was wgn tv mm-hmm. and then the white Sox, you know they were on you know stuck on channel 44 and sports vision and all those different manifestations so there's a number of things that go into it but number one it's sort of a, a cultural geographic divide between the two teams that's always existed what's so fascinating is my well my father you know this but for those that don't my father was an umpire a major league umpire and awesome, he did ump the way. games yeah, when the awesome. oh thank you he's a very cool dude he was a oh my god he he did sports. Uh, his last thing was at St. Rita Football. He's done Kennedy Baseball, Rosary College. He's a sports guy. He was also a teacher. He's umped a million games, but he would ump when the Sox were on strike and then the exhibition games before they counted, Cubs, Sox, blah, blah, blah. I was a lot younger when a lot of this went on. I remember I was able to be behind home plate when my father would ump behind home plate. It was the coolest thing. I didn't really appreciate it when I was, as, you know, when I was younger as I would now. But what I've noticed... I don't like if someone says to me they're a Cub fan, I'm like, that's great. You know, this is still America. I won't even go down that road. And we can still have our opinions. Uncensored, thank you. And everyone could be free to be what they want to be. I really don't care if somebody's a Cub fan. But here's what I get, not from you, Mark. And you got crazies on both ends, right? Fanatics on both ends. And I'm not going to deny that at all. I will meet somebody, they will seem cool. And then you say, oh, you know, you somehow you get into baseball, Cup Sox fan. And then I'd say, oh, I'm a Sox fan. Oh, I'm sorry. And let me tell you, polar bear, when I hear those <laughs> words, I am sorry. I will beat your butt behind the alley Southside style. I'm like, sorry for what? And then Linda Blair comes into play. I'm like, you want a piece of me? You can have a piece of me. What are you sorry for? Because, and they're not saying it like I could take a joke, but it's said in such a like, oh, I'm sorry. Like it's a knee slapper, big door. So it's accompanied again, not you and people like you. You people listening know who you are. And again, it's on both ends. I never start it, but I will finish it. So (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, no, there, there are antagonizers out there. That's for sure. Yeah, go ahead. I think that there's, there should be an age cutoff when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Like I, 
was like I grew up a Cubs fan mm-hmm. and I was passionate and I had to admit like when I was in let's say like junior high and maybe even through high school I loved the Cubs and I hated the White Sox so mm-hmm. I was one of those and I had my White Sox friends who were vice versa but it like it could get kind of serious and I had a real passion for it and I hated the Sox and even in that one stupid game that the Cubs and Sox would use to play against each other that the Crosstown class didn't count like that was a very, very serious day to me. Stressful. And it was very stressful. Yes. And I, yeah, yes. I hated it. And I it, like it was minor league players playing, basically. If the Sox beat the Cubs, I just couldn't like I couldn't even watch the highlights on TV. I no. was that angry about it and it was that emotional. <laughs> you know what I mean, Jilly? Totally. Like, yes. And there are people with their brooms. I'm like, oh, I'll show you where that broom can go. You know, sweep, sweep. I'm like, sweep this. Oh, I I still don't eat. Yeah. Like, but I, I mean, I think maybe for me it's a little bit different. So a couple things. I I think like age does start to diminish that sort of genuine, real feel that you have for a team. You start to lose a little bit of that vindictiveness. And then in my case, because I went into sports broadcasting, I like naturally became a little bit more objective. And then I also became a little bit more jaded too, because I cover, have covered both of these, the Cubs and the White Sox. Probably yes. the Cubs a little bit more since I did pre and post, but trust me, I have covered you know hundreds of White Sox games too, including their World Series in 05, 06. So I lost a lot of that passion and subsequently a lot of the hate I had had for the White Sox. And I think that like at some point in time, like the people that you're referring to, you just you got to age out of some of the silliness. You can root for your team, and you could not like. You don't have to like the other team, but the antagonizing probably needs to stop. Probably around age, like I'll I'll let it go until like seventeen or eighteen, but then then it's got to stop. Oh well, yeah, you look a little silly at the age fifty if you want to brawl. Exactly. Yeah. I yes. I've I've been to enough games, and it kind of. Did you ever see Fever Pitch with Drew Barrymore? I have not. Oh, it's you probably like it's a good baseball movie. Um. So it's about the Boston Red Sox. She didn't know anything about baseball. She dated this guy. Anyway, the people in the stands around her reminded me of a lot of people. My friend has season tickets, so we would go all the time. Everyone's got their thing, and there's a whole thing going on over there. But you watch the idiots, and, and then I would hear, oh, you guys have no bars. And and I, I remember the last time I actually went to a game, I told my friend Kim, I, this was a long time ago, because once you have a kid, you just don't do anything but worry and, and stay up all night. So... She's, I said, these are stressing me out. Like, I'm not finding this enjoyable anymore as much as I used to. It's it's stressful, and there's so much involved in it. And I just want to go home and put my sweats on and be cozy, Mark. I mean, I you're right. You, you're right. You can't. But but I laugh at it now. Uh, I like the rivalry. Now I can just kind of smile at it. But, man, don't come at me with stuff. It's like, get a life. Truly. Oh, yeah. No, I don't believe me. And I got to be honest, like, if I was a White Sox fan, like, I would probably, like, I get, like, I think there's more White Sox fans that hate the Cubs than vice versa. And I understand because the Cubs world, Cubs nation, as opposed to the Sox nation, is loud and it is, um, you know, there's that, there's that party atmosphere mm-hmm. thing that goes on. There's a hipster vibe. When it comes to Cubs fans, there are more of them. So I actually get it. You know, even having grew up a Cubs fan, I get it from a White Sox perspective why they would find Cubs fans more obnoxious 
than Cubs fans find White Sox fans. Well, I'm surprised to hear that too, because usually I used to get the impression, oh, you guys, you're, 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 you know, I still call it Sox Park. Uh, you know, it's, it's in a bad neighborhood and this and that. I'm like, I'm just going to watch a game and I love that neighborhood. There's so much nostalgia to it as Wrigley. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I just, it's funny. And when people say, oh, you should root for both, that is when we take them behind the alley, Mark. No, 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 no. <laughs> now, now let's get real. You can't trust a person who roots for you both. You <laughs> cannot trust a person that roots for both or wears uh, a fanny pack. Here's the deal. very true. What are your intentions? <laughs> who are you? What do you want from me? What do you want from our city? What do you mean you're like, <laughs> No, I'm like, you're not from here, are you? And if you're not, then I forgive you. If you are, there's no forgiveness for you. So that's just, you know, something you and I used to laugh about baseball and stuff and me being from the south side it's it's I kind of felt like you said pinky tuscadero from the old happy days like I had to defend my turf hey you know we didn't but I I that's what it felt like to me always we had six kids in our family my father worked his butt off my mom stayed home and raised us good little catholic family on the southwest side by midway nestled in our little home it was a great it was a great growing up one guy, Mark, I went out with, well, I never went out with him because he asked me out. And when I told him where I lived, he said, I can't go there. I said, why? What's wrong? He's like, that, that's the South side. I said, I'm well aware of where I live. Thank you. But why can't you go there? He was oh just God. like, I don't feel safe. And I'm like, okay. oh, no. you know, first of all, look at me. Uh, do you think, <laughs> what do you think? I'm packing a bunch of, you know, guns in the back of my car and driving home. I live in a safe neighborhood and that's insulting. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, that's another thing. That's but, insulting. But like, it's, the mis- it's the misperception that people who live in this state and this city have that all all things South Side are dangerous somehow. And you're talking about like the South Suburbs, right? Well, I grew up right by Midway. And at the time oh, yeah. I was in the city and it was a nice, it was a nice place. I mean, there are parts of it that are still good. And I was just like, what do you mean you're afraid to come to my house? I live there. That's rude. Oh, yeah, man, that that is just like people being naive that don't know the city and, and are not uh, culturally uh, or geographically enriched. Yeah, I can see how that would piss you off. I didn't I mean, I'm lucky that I didn't have to deal with that kind of crap because uh, I guess I had different stereotypes because I, I grew up in the in the western suburbs. Sure. So but, you know, I now live in the city and have for, you know, you know, decades. But. But yeah, that oh yeah, that would irritate the crap out. He wouldn't go out with Mark. He, he, in, he never did go out with No, we met we met at a party. He was really he was a really nice guy and he was like, well, I'd love to take you out to dinner. And I'm like, Oh, I like to eat. Hell yeah. So when I told him I lived by Midway, he's like, Whereabouts do you live? I said, you know, near right near Midway. He was like, I, I can't go there. I said, Why? What's wrong? He's just like, that's kind of dangerous. I said, what is dangerous? He's like, where you live? I'm like, what do you mean it's dangerous? I said, I live there. I'm, if I'm living there and I'm okay, what, and I'm a woman, what the hell are you worried about? And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, <laughs> this doesn't sound like a Jill kind of guy. No, man. Mark. And right then and there, if he had any, they shrunk down to the size of a pea. I'm like, okay, that is a huge turnoff. We're done here. So yeah, I was just deal like, breaker. that's a Jill Urchak deal breaker. If I've ever heard. Yeah. If you want to, and he's like, well, you can always come by me. Yeah. I'll, I'll work on that. Uh, never. So polar, Good. polar bear, a yeah. couple other questions. I want to fire at you. If you yeah, don't mind, please. I got, I got all the time you need, Jilly Poo. Oh, I love you. Okay. Do you follow those stupid arrows in the store? 
Oh my God. Yeah, the ones the the, the COVID arrows, right? The COVID arrows. The pandemic. I mean, do you purposely ignore you, do you purposely I, ignore them? I no no. I tried to at first right. when nobody else was following them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why am I even trying to do this when everybody else is not really paying attention to what's going on with the arrow? So I guess the answer would be I tried to at first, mm-hmm. and now I really don't. Okay, yeah, I can go with that. That was me. Well, I don't know if Dan told you I was at um, Whole Foods. I was trying to buy this lavender oil, and who do I think I am? I'm trying to make my own oils because, you know, I lost my job last year. Anyway, so I knew that they had all that, you know, fancy stuff there. So I was looking for that section, and it was a week before Christmas. <laughs> A week before Christmas, nobody was in this aisle, and I'm looking. And again, I, I I like you. I mean, I suppose if I'm there, I'll try, but I don't think much about it. Nobody does. And I see this woman in my peripheral vision, like partially squatting down, and she's pointing down. And I look at her, and she's like really bold movements, like she's working out, pointing down to the ground. The arrows oh, go in no. this way. And I, I oh, was startled. No. She met, and danced like, oh, that poor woman. So I I looked at her and I said, excuse me? She said, the arrows go in this way. You're going the wrong way. Now, nobody else was in the aisle, lady. Oh, my God. And I said, I can read. I did pass first grade. Thank you. And I was <laughs> I was so, Mark, like appalled that she was she was scolding me. Oh, God. Now, let me let me. Say if somebody from Whole Foods that worked there said, "I'm Miss, I'm really sorry, but not Ma'am, Miss, because <laughs> I don't do Ma'am. I'm really sorry, but you were trying to adhere. We tell everybody to adhere to this as much as possible. I'd say, "Oh, I'm sorry," and I'll try. Okay, sure. but this was sure. a customer, so I said, "No, I can read," and I'm just so fed up with Goody Two Shoes people. So she's mumbling under her breath. I don't know what she was looking at. I don't know what aisle I was in, and I and I just couldn't let it go. <laughs> Oh, no, so you went back? Well, I, I kind of went back. Yes, I didn't kind of. I did. And I said, yeah. by the way, I said, you don't need to tell grown people how to live their lives. People aren't paying attention. Ooh. And people are trying to shop for Christmas. And you're rude. She goes, no, you're rude. I said, I'm rude. I said, no, you're pathetic. You are pathetic sitting here arguing with me about a stupid arrow. Nobody's, wow. even, nobody's even in this aisle. And she goes, I'm not pathetic. I have a husband and three grown children in college. And Mark, Mark, I started clapping. I go, oh, wonderful. I said, you probably never worked a day in your life, did you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know why I said that. It just came out. She's like, I do too. I go, you make me sick. So then I'm like, okay, Jill, you made your point. Walk away. So I start walking away, but I'm fuming because she was so rude and I, I turn the cart around and I start walk, walking back the, the naughty way. And I said, I think I'll walk back the aisle this way. I said, oh, yeah. And I said, Merry Christmas. And I got home and I'm like sniffing this lavender. It's not working. It's supposed to relax me. And Dan, oh I was just like, Dan, she would, lady, get a life. I mean, quit telling people we're in a freaking pandemic. Everyone's dealing with things their own way. You don't have Can to you point out the how tortured that woman is, though. Like she had that encounter with you. There's no way that was her first encounter of the day. Even. Oh, we couldn't have been because she was ready to tell me. And I'm sure people yes. obey. I'm not one to obey that. 
again, if somebody from Whole Foods said, we're all trying that. And Mark, let's just say you did try. Let's say you were walking down the cereal aisle and you wanted Frosted Flakes, okay? Yeah. And you couldn't find them. You saw Cheerios. You saw Fruity Pebbles. <laughs> you saw Cocoa Puffs. But out of the corner of your eye, you saw what you wanted. What are you supposed to do? Go, on or, go around the aisle again? Or do you need a beep, beep, beep? Exactly. Exactly. Like it's just you feel you just feel silly at at some point in time. You feel dumb making those maneuvers and attempting to follow arrows that in life there probably have never ever 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 been arrows on grocery store grounds ever. No. Now that's what we deal with. So to have a woman do it that that story is great. I. I can't believe I didn't know about that story. Dan never told me. Oh, told me. that's great. I when there was a woman who kind of walked by. She's not in the aisle, but she was crossing, going. Um, if it was a T, she was going like that way as we were vertical, and she kind of looked. I saw her later on. I said, "I am really sorry. I just I don't like being scolded by somebody of, over an arrow." And who walks and looks at the floor? <laughs> yeah, it's really difficult. right. You're right, though. You nailed it. It's like. If the store had said something like, yeah, just so you know, we're, we're really trying to have people adhere to this if you mm-hmm. can. You know, and, then, and if you don't like it, then you just don't shop there, right? Right, but, right, uh, right. Some other I get it. in there mm-hmm. yelling at you. It's ridiculous. So much for my essential oil. I'm not lying. I got in that car. I was sniffing that lavender like it was going out of style because it says relaxing. I was not Girl, relaxing. you needed a different kind of relaxing <laughs> at <laughs> that point. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, you know what? And it... it I had had it, though. I was like, okay, Christmas is in a week. Can we all just try to find some happiness? Yes. Yes. Give, yeah. me, give me my damn oils. Take your <laughs> stupid arrows. Get them <laughs> off the floor. <laughs> and your stupid kids in college. Uh-huh. And I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would love to see how they turned out, lady. Oh, seriously. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my rant. You got any of your own you want to share? Oh man, no, that was too good. I'm trying to think if there is anything like throughout the the pandemic that is that has hurt me in any way, shape, or form. And um, not really. I I feel like a like a sense of like ghost town still. I mean, even yeah. like I live downtown and right. I live in a high rise, and I swear to God, I feel like. Do you ever see the the old Jack Nicholson movie, The Shining? Yes. I like so many people have moved out of my building. Sometimes I feel like I'm the only one actually Ooh. living here. And so when I see people, like I'm always very excited at this point. So, yeah. Oh, I'm I sorry, mean, Mark. Like, That's hard. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's all right. Like I, I live kind of a solitary lifestyle anyway. So I think maybe I was made for pandemic living. Mm-hmm. But pandemic yeah, living. Everybody seems to have evacuated. In my world. Do you think they um, couldn't afford it? Maybe they lost a job. Or I have a theory that maybe they felt with all the riots going on, hey, let's get away from downtown. Seems to be a hot spot with riots and kind of move out. Who knows? I think it's the the first part. I think it's more of people losing their jobs or, yeah, just, you know, they want to quarantine someplace else than... Chicago, but I didn't really thought about the second part. Yeah, with all the crap that the city mm-hmm. went through earlier, that there, that probably definitely had something to to do with some people moving out. But yeah, I think it's more a product of the economy and things like that. Well, so I was on the score doing traffic when this happened, as well as US ninety nine, and I never thought I'd hear 
there is no morning drive traffic that I would lose my job because this is Chicago. What do you mean there's no morning drive traffic? Or that, you know, it wasn't enough to to have the traffic on there. And I understand that, but it's just something you never thought you hear. I'm lucky enough to be doing WBBM on Sundays, but I do miss, you know, those stations and being on it, especially with Haw and everybody. It was a lot of fun. You know, and it happens. But the one good thing, Mark, I'll say about this, I was so sleep deprived that I knew I had a child and I just had to have the energy to take care of him when I got home (laughs) from that shift was brutal. You should get up at 315. I'm in the Southwest suburbs, driving into work, doing a shift, especially in weather like this. There's so much tenseness going to and from, then you got to be on with your kid. But thank God, because my son DJ is only in school uh, four hours a day. It's better than nothing. Some kids haven't gone. He needs me. I need to be here. So, and I need to be awake while I'm with him. I mean, so it's doing a, mornings is a whole horrible, unhealthy lifestyle. Very. Everybody wants to do drive time, like it's a prime time slot mm. and all that kind of stuff, but it's it takes a toll. Huge. And I did that shift for, well, that particular one for only three years, but I'm not 20 where I can just bounce up, you know? It was really hard. And then knowing you can't go home and sleep because you have to be on for your kid was probably the biggest challenge I have ever had. So now there could at any moment DJ has to be back at home on the stupid computer doing this, which is a nightmare. I'm just glad that I'm there to be with him, that he's with me. And if I had to find a positive in this, that would be it. Cause I I, I want to be with him. I have one kid, one childhood. I want me to be in it. You know, I don't yeah. want a babysitter in it. No, I think that's great. I'm, I'm, I mean, like genuinely, that's awesome that you have that. I mean, it sucks. You didn't want to lose the job. No, or you would not have pressed the lose job Mm-mm. option. But Mm-mm. it's like one of it's like that stupid thing that we always say to each other when we lose our jobs. That we say, oh, you know, this might work out better for you in the end. When we hear that at the time, it's like just shut up. Yeah, just. You know? <laughs> but, and, <laughs> Right, right. It's like shut up. Shut up. Just let me let me be pissed off. Don't hand me a hallmark. Exactly. (laughs) It's like in your case, in your case, it actually worked out for the better. It it did because again, you can't just drop DJ off anywhere. You don't know who's sick. You don't. You can't just take him anywhere. You don't know what where people have been. Everything is selective. And if anybody's going to be there pulling their hair out and crying in the bathroom, it's going to be me. Because I'll leave you with this. This this schooling, he's six. He doesn't know how to be working this iPad. I was so proud that he was never into iPads. Now I wish I gave him one when he was three months. <laughs> it's torture, Mark. You know, you hear the teacher and you will look in there and teacher is turning around in his seat. And, and I said, you know, circle the answer. And he's like, I don't know how. I said, circle it. It starts out, it, Mark, it starts out, and any parent listening can relate. Really calm. DJ, circle the number. Where? The number on your paper, honey. Where? The one right in front of you, love of my life. Circle it. And then then it, then it, he gets frustrated, and I could see it, but I can't do anything because now I'm back in kindergarten learning Common Core Math, and that's a whole separate show. And I said, then after the fourth time, you know, I'm like, circle it. And then I, I'm in the bedroom crying, literally, because I feel like a horrible mom. 
and I feel bad because he's only six, but it's stressful. Yeah, man, and that's the point where you're like, I got to go back to work. Yeah, <laughs> I want my old job back. Maybe I'll get up at three fifteen again. Yeah, <laughs> it's not so bad after all. Dad can take care of the kids. We can afford daycare. Yeah, <laughs> sure we could. Oh, you have a disease? That's okay. You take yeah. them for the day. Just don't breathe on them. Yeah, it'll be fine. These kids have strong immune systems. They're, they can't get COVID. Well, I'll tell you, I'll test that one out after chewing on the brontosaurus tail. Um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but Mark, I don't want to overstep. We've we've had a good show, and I'm so glad you were my first guest because I knew you'd be entertaining. So if anybody's going to listen again, they're probably going to say, "Where's Mark?" Then it's going to yeah, have to be Bill, the Mark and Jill hey, show. Okay, look, Billy, Jilly, yeah. anytime, man. Yeah, if you wanted to make it the Jill and Mark show, I'll come out with you once a week. But I think that that you're probably going to want some some variety within there. But I love talking to you, Jill, and I will come out with you anytime you ask. You are a doll, and you did me a favor before I wrap this up, Mark. For those that don't know, I do do a paranormal show called On a Quest Paranormal. Check it out. It's not just ghosts and spirits. It's UFOs, aliens, Loch Ness, all that good stuff numerology, anything spooky I like. So that is one show that I do do. And thanks to you, Mark, being on your show on The Score, you had me on talking about our famous date. (laughs) And a guy uh, reached out to me and we became friends, paranormal friends. And now we're helping each other. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, you actually helped me that night too, because that was when there was no sports. So oh. I was like, we had to get a little creative, which I actually liked because I got to flex some other yeah. personality areas. And I was like, I got to get Chili Poo on. I appreciate You were an that. awesome guest. Thank you. And uh, it was great. So I'm, I'm glad I helped you. That's cool. You did. So I wanted to thank you. And everybody, thank you. It's my first show. I'm very excited to have the Jiller Check show. I don't know what I'm going to talk about next. I can't promise anybody to be exciting as Mark Grody, but I will certainly <laughs> try. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Jill. Talk to you soon. Bye.